Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we talk about the Malik Monk indefinite suspension, what that means for Malik Monk's future, what that means for the Charlotte Hornets future. We give you a recap of the game last night against the New York Knicks and this. Terrible. If, if you know anyone that is a Knicks fan, just give them a hug or buy them the Valentine special from Queen City Beauty Group because they need a relaxing facial right now. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's the most melancholy I've ever started a show after a win with the news that broke yesterday. I wish this did not happen, Doug. Yeah, boy. A player. My boy. Yeah, boy. I love him so. I have grown to love him even more so after he had provided some evidence of something that I saw in him all along and what I feel like a lot of Hornets fans saw in him all along. Shout out to you, Nada. Shout out to a lot of listeners out there that have always liked Malik Monk. He had been playing extremely well. And the news broke yesterday, I think around 2.30 or so. Shams Sharania said that Charlotte Hornets guard Malik Monk has been suspended indefinitely without pay for violating the NBA's anti-drug program. The suspension started yesterday against the New York Knicks, and he will con- and it will continue until Monk, quote unquote, is determined to be in full compliance with the program. Sham, wow. There's a lot to unpack here, Doug. Um, James Borrego afterwards, after the report, but before the New York Knicks game, said, quote, obviously we give him our full support. It's a situation that all of us face different things in life. It's how you respond. It's my belief, knowing Malik, that he will respond the right way, and he has my full support. He has our organization's full support, and it does put us in a bind. But I believe that in the end, it's going to be a very positive story. I look forward to talking to him, but that's where we're at today. That was as of yesterday before tip against the New York Knicks game. I think the other thing to mention real quickly, Doug, before we start to dive into this a little bit more, is the fact that the league requires three positive tests positive marijuana test before a player can be suspended for those violations. And even if you have three positive marijuana tests enough to get suspended, the punishment is only five games long. If he tested positive for PEDs, that would merit a 25 game suspension. Like DeAndre Aiden and then Al Jefferson, uh, when he was a member of this organization, got hit with the five games under that policy. That's right. And I, I don't want to use the word clearly, but it, I mean, it was as clear as it, I think, could have been without officially recognizing the information, right, that Al Jefferson was busted for weed. But I mean, I think it was pretty clearly marijuana that Al Jefferson was busted for based on the handful of games that he missed. And we've seen a couple of guys miss PEDs um, or miss games for PEDs. John Collins, another example of someone that experienced that this season. So with all of that information that we have, Doug, It seems like Malik Monk got busted for a drug of abuse. Something. Something pretty serious to this point. Maybe there was a change. It it doesn't mean that there can't be an alteration. I I think it highly unlikely, but maybe there was a whole bunch of positive marijuana tests. I, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could happen with the information that we got. But the fact is, there's not a whole lot of details. With everything that we do have within our possession, Doug, what would you make? What do you make of this Malik Monk indefinite suspension? 
Yeah, let's just talk about what we do know. It's a setback for Malik Monk. It's a setback for his uh, development as a player. It's a setback for him when he goes into eventual uh, contract negotiations, if those negotiations ever come up now between himself and the organization. Charlotte has picked up Malik Monk's uh, fourth-year option, but he was eligible for an extension in the offseason. And eligible does not mean that those conversations will actually take place. And, um, you know, you have to wonder if uh, this is going to affect just the perception of the organization towards Malik Monk about whether or not he can sustain excellence. That's what you're looking for from all young players, right, Walker? You're looking for players that are responsible and that can sustain excellence, especially in a player that just doesn't come out of the gate gangbusters, right? It's not a given that Malik Monk is going to be a very good or great player. You're looking for, is this a player that is going to constantly, constantly put in the work and do the right things? And this is just an example, whatever happened, whether it was a positive test or not doing something, we have the thing here, he was not in compliance with the program. Something happened, something that he should have done, he didn't do, or something he should not have done, he did do. That's what we know. That's the fact. And uh, that's unfortunate for Malik Monk and unfortunate for the Hornets. I discussed this with Rick Bennell, who joined us on the wake-up call earlier this morning. And, of course, Rick Bennell, being a responsible journalist, refused to give anything or speculate on anything like he should. The things that he would give us was that he reached out to a couple of league sources to see if there was any context that could be provided here. And each of the sources came back and told him no, that they didn't have any context on this. We also know that this is a message sent down from the league that Malik needs to fix whatever happened before he can come back and play. An indefinite suspension where there is no timeline on this. It doesn't mean that it's only going to be a couple of games. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the rest of the season. But man, I mean, <laughs> it certainly means that everything is possible. It certainly means that missing the rest of the season it's, is, is possible. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but I, who knows how long this is going to be. And I wonder about James Brago's quote a little bit, Doug. Okay. You know, I because James Brago comes in again, I'll repeat it. Obviously, we give him our full support. It's a situation that all of us face different things in life. It's how you respond. Agreed. Maybe nothing eyebrow raising there. He has my full support. He has our organization's full support and does put us in a bind, but I believe that in the end it's going to be a very positive story. I look forward to talking to him. I, I think in the end, I just think there's a couple of things that you piece together here that maybe Borrego knew something. I'm not exactly sure what to make of the comment or if it's just him trying to comment on something that's really hard without a lot of the information. But it's it's very weird, eerie feeling surrounding this entire instance um, with Malik being suspended. Uh, well, I wouldn't gloss over the fact that James Brago and the organization both releasing statements that say they fully support Malik Monk. Yeah. That's that's important, uh, okay? I mean, that means that whatever happened, there is some indication that the that the team itself is 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 willing to work with Malik on whatever that is and and sees at least some immediate future with Malik Monk. So I don't think we should gloss over that because it could have been the opposite. You know, it could have been um, you know, a stronger admonishment of his actions that could have indicated where their head was on the future of Malik Monk with the organization. Also, when you're when you're dealing with a young team, you know, young, young people are immature. 
and, and I know these guys are adults, so it's not like we should just say, well, well, you know, whatever they do, we should excuse it because they're young players. Yeah, I certainly have grown since I've been 22. Right. I understand that. But you are dealing with, with young people. And I think it's important to say, hey, we're supporting you right now. We're supporting Malik Monk. I think that's a good indication to the rest of the team. I think it would be bad organizational policy to say, well, you messed up, so <laughs> see you later. Uh, so I, I, think that's, I think that's important. I think there are other organizations in this league that would have messed this up. And I think the Hornets right now, from what we know, I, I see them as doing a good job with a bad situation. Yeah, and well, especially the way drugs are viewed now, right? I mean, especially marijuana, especially marijuana. And it seems like we care more about rehabilitation than we do condemning. And I am one, a huge fan of that. And I think the Charlotte Hornets have at least taken that approach in this regard. Again, without the information, it's really tough to speak on a lot of this. But oh, they it's, it's tough. To be- it's tough if you're responsible. It's tough if you're <laughs> Rick Bunnell and you you understand that. Hey, it's it's better sometimes not to say something until the information's out. That like Shams beat everybody with the information. Okay, you've already been beaten. There's no reason to get out there with incomplete or bad information. It doesn't it doesn't serve anyone to do that except maybe it serves yourself to do that. So I'm glad that Rick is showing restraint because and I knew he would. I'm glad that some other people why are we even focusing on what the drug is by the way? It's to me Malik Monk made a mistake. Whether it was taking the drug itself knowing that he shouldn't or that it was a Uh, that it could have resulted in a suspension or that something else happened within the program that he should have done that he didn't. Whatever he did, he made a mistake. And, And I think that players should be allowed to make mistakes if there is true remorse and if they can show after that evidence that they are ready to focus. And it seems like Malik had shown some evidence that he was ready to turn the corner on his career. But, but apart from that, I think we just put too much focus on what the drug is or what the offense is and not on the fact that a player made a mistake. Yeah, the, the question I have, it, you're right about that. Does it change with marijuana, right? Like, do, do we distinct marijuana is over here and every other drug of abuse is over here? Like, do you put a divider between those two? Or Because to me, I'll tell you how I would feel, right? Like, if, if it came out that it was marijuana, then I would feel pretty differently about this. I, would I, I don't t- know well, about the Amer- you. Look, I, I, America is feeling differently about it. Governments correct. are starting to feel differently about it. And eventually, the NBA, eventually, the NFL, the, yeah, the NFL and eventually the NBA is going to have to reckon with the fact that the legalization is here. It's not coming. It's here. It just mm-hmm. isn't here nationally. And once that happens, it's not only the NBA, a lot of workplaces. Uh, Producer Katie brought that fact up to me when we were watching the Democratic debate. Like, what happens if there is a national decriminalization of marijuana? Like, what are organizations going to have to do? And each one of them are going to have to rethink the policies on this. We will talk about the Knicks game that took place last night and what only can be an awkward transition. Also, we will continue to talk a little bit more about the Malik Monk situation next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks again for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll continue the Malik Monk discussion before we do get to a New York Knicks recap from their game last night that they played and actually got a win in this one after having an awful loss to the Indiana Pacers. Doug, regarding Malik Monk, you know, it it is interesting how we might 
have a separation with marijuana to some of the other drugs that might be at play here, because based on the policy and do, am I the only one that feels this way, Doug? Like it doesn't mean that it absolutely was not marijuana because it could it mean that there were multiple reports. I think it means that we don't know. But are, are you based on the policy? Are you pretty comfortable drawing from the fact that this absolutely isn't weed? I'm not comfortable drawing any of those conclusions. And I don't think anybody should be comfortable with drawing those conclusions unless they have absolutely solid information. And I'll just point to one tweet and specific, uh, specifically that bothered me a little bit. It was from at QCH Spencer. Spencer, of course, a, a former uh, co-host of mine and knows his basketball. I, you know, I, I love the guy, but I just didn't like this tweet that he sent out. Source, source, one source close to the team tells me Malik Monk's suspension is due to a positive marijuana test. Um, I, I don't purport to be a journalist and I don't come on this podcast and like try to break news because that's not, I don't feel that's my role and I feel it would be irresponsible for me to play, play that role. But if I were to try to break some news, I mean, the, the basic tenet of journalism is that you have multiple sources is that you have people. That's why you, I mean, we make fun of sauces, you know, sources, but the is is the important part. You double check these things because they are important. And, and Spencer has been wrong in the past on uh, a Frank Kaminsky injury report uh, for sure. And um, I just think it's, it's irresponsible to, to get out in, in front of this with only one source and say it's due to a positive marijuana test. When you, you can look at the replies, it's easy to look at the CBA and understand that the, the, we, we know that the, if you're busted for marijuana once, twice, we don't hear about it. Third time, it's five games. That's like that's for sure. So whether there's a positive marijuana test somewhere around this Malik Monk story, we don't know that for a fact. But what we do know for a fact is that he was, in, he was indefinitely suspended. And so that is not directly for a positive marijuana test. There may be something about that. But how about we just wait before we tweet? How about we just wait for information to come in? And, and it's okay. Like, it's okay to do that. Um, you know, I know that uh, this is a, you know, th this is an issue for Malik Monk and an issue for the team that they're going to have to figure out. But it's, I think it's okay to wait for the right information to come in. That's all I'm saying. I, for one, am never one to stir the pot. I You're like a pot to consider stirrer. myself. I, I, for one, have never even considered stirring the pot with anything considered reckless speculation. That's just me. That's just how I operate. I've always been held to the utmost responsibility on this podcast. I don't know about you, Doug, but I certainly have operated at that level. We listen, we reckless, we recklessly speculate on this show all the time, but we always say we're recklessly speculating on this show. That is part of our show. Okay. We don't get on here and pretend to be journalists. I mean, you are, you know, you are on the radio, you are commenting on sports. I am on this podcast. I'm commenting on sports, but when you're a journalist, there is a responsibility to present the correct information. And, and it actually, to me, this actually matters because, um, you know, there, there is an audience here. His Twitter following is an audience. I think it present, it can, it has the potential to present misinformation when there's only one source. We've seen it time and time again, that all, that tends to bite you. And I just don't like it. I don't like it when it's, it's somebody's life. Like it's Malik Monk's career. It's his life. And, um, there, and it's, and it's his perception you know, let's just get the facts. That's all I'm saying. Let's get the facts. And this was clearly like you can look at the CBA and understand that this was incorrect. Doug, you know what you should invest in? It's Queen City Beauty Group. 
I actually experienced my first facial by going to Queen City Beauty Group yesterday, meeting with Michael and Nichelle Mosley. Nichelle performed the facial. It was fantastic. I was extremely relaxed. And I even got told at the end of all of this, Doug, that my skin looked fantastic in a way that had never looked as fantastic before. It was funny because as the facial was getting performed, I felt bad about my dirty, stinky face that had never been paid attention to nearly to the detail that Nichelle Mosley took care of it. And I felt a little embarrassed about it, but she made me feel extremely comfortable. And it absolutely is something that you should invest in. Queen City Beauty Group is a boutique spa with only custom services. Every treatment is customized to the individual client's specific skin or your condition. And again, owner-operator Nichelle Mosley is a 2018 and 2019 international award-winning esthetician. Nichelle specializes in treating diverse skin tones with life-changing results, and they offer international award-winning treatments for acne, age management, hyperpigmentation, skin tags, milia, sagging skin, fine lines and wrinkles, rosacea as well, sun damage, body contouring. They do it all. And I'll tell you what I personally suffer from is I have sensitive skin. And she made sure that she told me all the information that I need to know going towards the future about what works best with my skin. And she was able to tell very quickly that some of the things that I was experiencing and she knew exactly what product to use, exactly what product not to use. Book a Valentine special today for you or someone you love for only $79. There are going to be some more specials coming up in the future as well. And the Valentine's Day special though, it includes a consultation and an amazing custom treatment with Nichelle Mosley at Queen City Beauty Group, a $50 gift certificate for a future visit, and a special gift from Queen City Beauty Group. That's a $215 value. To book, you can go to www.queencitybeautygroup.com, book the Valentine special, and make sure you type locked on in the comment section of the appointment form. Again, that's locked on, a space in between locked and on, locked on in the comment section of queencitybeautygroup.com. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with a Knicks recap on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. Yeah, you no, like I know. That yeah, no, I definitely. Sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening, or were, was I just that I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't. Li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. There was a game played last night against the Knicks in the Spectrum Center. The Hornets won that game, 107 to 101. Devontae Graham seemed to come out of a slump that he had been experiencing, enough for us to talk about for quite some time, Doug. Devontae Graham went 7 of 18, only 2 of 9 from beyond the arc, but did score 21 points on a pretty decent night shooting. 7 of 15 for Terry Rozier. So the backcourt actually played like the backcourt that we've seen in the first half of the year that's already transpired, where we actually saw a pretty decent... Um, amount of good games from both of those guys. And when they usually play well, the Hornets usually would win. It usually was very indicative of their performance, the result that would come of each of those games. And what was your takeaway on the way that the backcourt performed last night? Uh, this was a win that the Hornets needed. Let's just start there. I mean, they they did not need to lose to the New York Knicks. Uh, you know, tank, uh, lottery odds, be damned. Because there's no chance 
that the Knicks are going to finish with a better record than the Charlotte Hornets. So let's just get let's just get that straight. The Knicks are an unmitigated disaster. RJ Barrett was 211 from this game. He <laughs> I've just been listening to like national podcasts this morning. They're already <laughs> they're firing up the bust horn right now on RJ Barrett. I mean that 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 is just I feel so bad. I said this the last time the Hornets played the Knicks. I feel so bad for Mitchell Robinson who is just doing everything. 12 points and 16 rebounds in this game. Uh, doing everything he can, and he's stuck. I think he's making like $800,000. Like, it is a crime what is happening with Mitchell Robinson in New York right now. Uh, but in terms of the Hornets, they, you know, you're, you're, the big buzzword right now around the Hornets is resiliency. That's what uh, Coach Borrego has been preaching to this team all year. When you get knocked down, you get back up. I was impressed with Terry Rozier probably most of all because he had a terrible performance in the last game, and he comes into this one and says, you know what, I got to carry this team. Devontae Graham's not playing as well. Malik Monk's out. It's my turn. Seven of 15 from the field, four of seven from beyond the arc, eight free throw attempts. He was getting to the rack, 26 points, four assists, and three rebounds. I love that from Terry, and it's great. I mean, obviously, I sighed in relief when Devontae Graham started because, I mean, it would have been a nightmare for him to come back after that DNP rest and have another awful performance. This was not a great performance. It was not what we're used to seeing from Graham, but it was he avoided the awful performance that really would have started to generate some questions on this podcast and among fans. He was uh, he was good. Couple mistakes there in the fourth quarter that he's got to clean up uh, that almost cost them this game. This was a little too close for comfort, but they did just enough. Got a good win. Terry Rozier's reverse layup was absolutely insane. I thought he was going to shoot it over the backboard and eventually it drops in. Also, when you were talking about RJ Barrett and then said you were listening to national podcasts, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that RJ Barrett may have been shooting with the wrong hand his entire career. There's that too. I mean, that's a crazy story (laughs) shooting with the wrong hand. And now the Knicks are trying to say, no, we just sort of suggest like it's all Terrible. If if you know anyone that is a Knicks fan, just give them a hug or buy them the Valentine special from Queen City Beauty Group because they need a relaxing facial right now. It is an absolute, it's apocalyptic. And I'll say this, they the Hornets avoided apocalypse. For me, losing to the Knicks after the way they lost that last game, getting blown out by the Nets, to me, that would have been the road that you didn't want to go down to end this season. It would have made me worry in the offseason. This win could start a trend where again they're going to lose to bad. They're going to lose to good teams. They've got plenty of uh, games left where they're going to get blown out probably by good teams. Y- you know, you'll you'll live with that to a certain extent. I could not have lived with giving up that fourth quarter lead to the New York Knicks. I think RJ Barrett said something like he actually shoots better or something like that with his right hand, but he's more comfortable shooting with his left hand, something like that. I mean, do you remember Nate Britt for North Carolina? Nate Britt, I think, changed hands and shot with his offhand or changed it at the free throw line. Like these dudes, I I mean, you know how hard that is to shoot with either hand? Honestly, you know what? Here's a take for you. It's more impressive that R.J. Barrett is doing what he's doing with his offhand. The fact that he made it to the NBA and was drafted third overall, you know what? I'm proud of R.J. Barrett for the way that he's played this season. If he's been shooting with the wrong hand this whole time, watch out. Watch out Zion. Watch out John Morant. If R.J. Barrett switches his hands shooting, then he's going to be the rookie of the year. He's the guy you need to watch out for. That's my take. You go to the bench, Jalen McDaniels. We didn't, like, we got no Joe Cheely in this game for us to bring up some of the bad Bobcats uh, lineups again. Jalen McDaniels played 22 minutes. The Martin Twins, you had 14 and 25 for each of them. Billy Hernan Gomez played 19 minutes. And I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't 
distinctly say who had 14 and who had 25 because I was just too lazy to click on the name of C. Martin. And I hate it. I hate that we have two twins or we have a set of twins on the roster. It was Caleb Martin who played, I think, the 14 minutes and it was Cody who played the 25. Yeah, but Cody I can't had nine that. points, nine rebounds. Caleb, five points, two rebounds, two of four from the field. I mean, that's what you look. Caleb's in there for offense. Cody's in there for defense. Uh, but Cody gave you almost double-digit scoring. No Cody Zeller in this game. And we should probably expect that a little bit more moving forward. It seems like the center rotation is going to be fluid. It seems like they're trying to get some more minutes for Billy Hernan Gomez. And so you'd like to pair him with a more defensive option at center and Bismack Biombo, who did give you 12 points, five rebounds, four assists in this game. Uh, trying to evaluate what's going to happen with Biz next year too, I think a little bit of that going into it. So we'll see what happens. Man, he's a respected voice in that locker room. Ronald Norad mentioned it yesterday in, in, in that game. And I think an interview, maybe it was against the Pacers. I think it actually is when he mentioned it. But man, they they love Biz in there. And Biz Magbiambo you know, has really taken that veteran leadership role ever since everybody else got bought out and everybody else got traded. Biz Mac has been really important voice in the locker room. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Again, follow us on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH, and at Lockdown Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow.